Good morning and welcome to a special edition of Vision for You. Today is Sunday, October 15th, 2023, and my name is Melanie C., a recovered compulsive overeater living in Canby, Oregon. The share ID numbers for Friday, October 13th, 2023 are the following. The 7 a.m. Eastern Time Big Book Study share ID number 20742, 20,742. And for the 10 a.m. Big Book Study group meeting, the share ID number is 20,743. This morning, A Vision for You presents Why Should I Pray for Her? Today's speaker will focus, develop, and share personal experience and insights on page 552, paragraph 1 in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. Using the lasso overhead of steps 10 and 11 to circle the wagon around to pull at this one, root and branch. It will will prove to be a goodie today. Well, let's pull this apart a bit, just for illustration and for fun. Today's title for the Sunday special edition. Why should I pray for her? Or why should I pray for her? Same title, each emphasis has quite different meanings. Perhaps we'll just begin with the first emphasis. I will never be able to make it through this one, this particular amends, this particular resentment. The resentment runs so deep and it's so justified. I'm confident that I can overlook this one and not have any consequences. And besides that, look at the situation. No one would blame me. Then there's a second way to think of this one. Why should I, why should I pray for her? And I might add, and let me count the ways why I should pray, why I should pray for her. As an addict bent on staying recovered, I should pray for her. You all remember that chapter, page, and paragraph. She says, tongue-in-cheek, with a question mark jokingly inferred here. I am overtaken with self-pity and anger. I am showing signs of self-righteousness. Quite frankly, I'm miserable, and I'm dangerously close to, well, you fill in the blank. This is for the tough one. The big book plainly states the resentment is that resentment is the number one offender. It destroys more alcoholics than anything else, than anything else. And please take note of this in your heart. A person mired in resentment has scant chance of recovering from addiction. Resentment clouds everything, and the collateral damage can wipe out entire families and entire lives. This page and paragraph is found at the end of the chapter, Freedom from Bondage in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous in the back pages of the stories and makes plain the dangers of these things left unchecked. The big book runs a theme through spelling out the necessary reasons and illustrating with examples why it is imperative to clean this up and offers the solution for achieving freedom from hatred and anger. This is where steps 10 and 11 come into play. The prayer sets the foundation for this work. Step 10 is a spot check inventory where where was I selfish, dishonest, angry, or afraid? Step 11 considers a praying for another by enlarging our conscious contact with God. 
This softens the stronghold and breaks down the hardened heart of barriers that we have. Recovery works just like that. It is going to be really good to hear from our speaker today just which one this one was in the life of the 12-step process that was worked out utilizing steps 10 and 11 and the prayer suggested in the chapter. So if you're wrestling with a resentment that you have not been able to rid yourself of, today just may be your day. So buckle up, buttercup. We're in for a great work this morning and a great presentation. And it is time to get to work. Our guest speaker is a recovered compulsive overeater and hails from the wonderful state of Wisconsin, a lovely Midwesterner. And we're looking forward to the story unfolding this morning. Please help me welcome to the line today, Lisa N. from Wisconsin. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning, Mel. Thank you so much. That was terrific. I loved what you said. Thank you. And good morning, everybody. Um, Yes, I am from Wisconsin (laughs) and proud to be. I am a grateful compulsive overeater. And by God's grace and mercy, I am recovered today. And I have to tell you that whatever I say today is something I've probably heard from all of you. Um, The first time on Vision for You that I heard somebody say, I'm recovered by God's grace and mercy, I said, oh. I love that. I'm going to steal it and I'm going to say it. So that's why, um, you know, if you hear things, it's, it's things I've heard from you. And I am so grateful for what you feed me on this Vision for You meeting because it's actually what I need. It's the, it's the 12 steps of our beloved program. So thank you all for what you do for me. Um, I'd like to start with a prayer. And uh, it's just what my hope is for today. Um, So I'll jump right in. Dear God, thank you for this opportunity to share my experience, my strength, and my hope with my fellows, my friends, and the people that have become like family to me, but especially for the newcomers. Because though many of us who have been in program for a while know that prayer works and how important it is, I want the newcomers to hear this today so they can start out with a with a great fortress, a great a great sword and um and use this for themselves uh, each day and many times throughout the day. Um, help me, Lord, to hear you, to listen, and to be helpful to these people who are listening to me. Help them hear what you want me to say. Amen. So um, did you ever ask yourself how you got this program? I I do lots. I do often. And um, it's one of the things I wonder is, is it because I prayed so much? I prayed for help. I always prayed. I prayed as a little child. I wanted to pray before meals. I wanted to pray before I went to bed. My family always kind of looked at me and rolled their eyes. And, um, you know, it was just, can I ask a big favor? Somebody needs to mute themselves. There's some rustling of paper. Um, but anyway, I, I always wanted to pray. And um, I wondered if that was why I got this program. I don't know. I really don't. There's no way for me to know. And then I wondered, how did I get vision for you? Because that really brought me um, 
to the big book and and the steps. And I I had kind of worked them in a flimsy way and uh, kind of a careless way. So it was really, um, to me, like, wow, I got this vision for you. And I got it from a sponsor, um, a special sponsor, who told me about vision for you. And so when she said it, I knew it had to be good. So, okay, about my title today. This is the story, the backstory, and I'll try not to make it over 19 words. <laughs> so um, I was taking a walk with my neighbor, Karen, and I love her, and she's such a nice lady, but she, she's not in program, but she is a wonderful person. And I was in program at that time, and she was very upset with a family member, uh, it was her sister-in-law, and she kept, it was, she was in terrible pain over it. Um, she was angry at this person, and but I could hear her pain. So, um, you know, I have a tendency to give advice. Uh, that's one of my defects. I work on that one um, with my higher power. And um, I said, you know, I said something that has helped me um, is to pray for that person. And um, it, it always makes me feel better. And her response was, why should I pray for her? <laughs> so that's how I got my title today. And um, and so, um, and you know the answer if you've been in program, why you should pray for somebody who you're angry with. And it's so funny. I don't know if you're like me, but I can be thinking about something and being angry at somebody and not realizing that I too am in pain. And then all of a sudden, it must be my higher power. I get this message that, oh, you need to do a 10th step. So I don't know if anybody else is like that, but um, that's, that's one of my, um, <laughs> that's one of the things that helps me is that the pain, right? It always brings me to God and to prayer. So um, one of the things I want to do is I want to go to page 552. And if you have your big book, you may use it too. If you may open it, if you like, and join me. It's at the top of uh, uh, page 552, and it's talking about um, a clergyman, and he is uh, telling um, telling us what to do if we have a resentment. And when I first heard this, I thought it was amazing. And I'd heard of praying for people that you were angry at and that it would help you, but I needed the big book to say it, I guess. Um, so Papa, page 552, and this is the clergyman, and he said, in effect, if you have a resentment you want to be free of, if you will pray for the person or the thing that you resent, you will be free. And you know, when I read that just recently, because I was preparing for this, I thought, you know, I resented my, my food addiction. I resented that I had that. And I wonder if I could pray for that. I wish I would have thought, I wish I would have read this when I first started program and, and um, pray for that. I, I'm, but I guess that didn't happen. So anyway, um, it goes on to say, if you will ask in prayer, for everything you want for yourself to be given to them, you will be free. Ask for their health, their prosperity, their happiness, 
and you. I don't have any power. I don't know. Um, I had to find that out many times. Um, And maybe you're there with me too, where you're having to find out over and over that you don't have power. But that's a good thing for me. That worked out to be a good thing. Even when you don't really want it for them. I love that part because I never wanted that. I never wanted to pray for those people. I wanted to be mad. I wanted to be justified, just like Mel was saying. I wanted to hang on to that because I knew I was right. Okay, I was right, but I wasn't happy. Um, So even when you don't really want it for them and your prayers are only words and you don't mean it, I love that. God knows me so well. Go ahead, do it anyway. And the reason I say God knows me so well is because he used that clergyman to tell me this. Do it every day for two weeks and you will find you have come to mean it and to want it for them. And you will realize that where you used to feel bitterness and resentment and hatred, you now feel compassionate, understanding, and love. And this is the funny part. I always thought I was a compassionate, understanding, and loving person before I got to this program. And it took me a couple of years before I realized that I hadn't been. But I thought I was. Um, Somehow I was deceived. I don't know. I think um, this disease is cunning and baffling, like they say. Um, So it goes on to say that it worked for me then, and it has worked for me many times. And that is why I read this, because it worked. It did work for me, and it has worked for me many times. So... um, This, at the bottom, this great experience that released me from the bondage of hatred and replaced it with love is really just another affirmation of the truth I know. I get everything I need in Alcoholics Anonymous and everything I need, I get. When I get what I need, I invariably find that it was just what I wanted all the time. I wanted peace. That's what I wanted. And at one time, when I was going through a very hard time, I saw this statue in a, it was a gift shop or like a a, a garden store. And it was a, a, a dove. And it said peace on this plaque next to it. And I bought that because that's what I really wanted. I didn't want to be thin as much as I wanted peace. I didn't want to be Um, looking like everybody else as much as I wanted to stop thinking about the food. And in order to stop thinking about the food, I had to get rid of my resentments. And I didn't know that until I came here. So I just kept doing the same thing over and over and over. And it was painful. I'm sure some people can relate to that. So moving on. See here. What did I want to do? Um, I'm going to seven. I have all these little things numbered. I want to talk to you about um, how I qualify. And um, I'll start with my family of origin. 
and I don't want to go on too long. I'm not paying attention to time, so I hope Mel is for me and will tell me one, two, maybe five minutes now. Um, so anyway, um, there's this man that I want to describe to you, and I can see him sitting at a table with a plate of food in front of him, and he's staring out a window, and he's bouncing his leg up and down, up and down, up and down, and he's staring out the window, but while he's doing that, he's eating, and he's eating fast. And I look at this man, and he's got the bluest eyes. He doesn't see me looking at him. Um, there's other people around. He doesn't seem to notice them. And that was my dad. And um, the reason I describe him that way is because uh, I feel sad now. Um, I understand that he probably, though I can't take his inventory or know him for sure, I can guess that maybe he and I had the same disease. Um, I always wanted my dad to be the protector, but he was a passive person. He was a very, he had lots of lovely qualities, but he was passive. And my mother was aggressive and she was abusive. And I know that my parents were unhappy together. Uh, they were two different people, but they both came from dysfunction. And it was um, a different dysfunction. My, my mom came from terrible abuse. Uh, we suspect even sexual abuse, um, and her dad was the abuser. And my um, dad came from, uh, like, people that were not abusive, but they were neglectful and they were passive and, and didn't seem to understand how to care for children. And my dad um, took more after his mother, who was... Um, probably one of us. Again, I don't want to take anybody's inventory. Probably one of us because of her extreme obesity. And um, she was very withdrawn. I remember trying to have a conversation with her once um, at, when she came to visit, and she preferred to watch a game show. Um, so, you know, we all come from someplace, I guess, and uh, that's where my parents came from. But anyway, my dad smoked. He overate. He had very uh, he had lots of trouble holding a job, and um, that bothered my mother terrible because she wanted him to follow her script. And I took after both of my parents because I always wanted people to follow my script. Not only did I take after my dad or have some of his traits, I should say, because. You know, some of it could be genetic, some of it could be learned or, you know, whatever. But um, I have, I have uh, traits of both of my parents. And um, uh, the one thing, um, like I said, is that my parents didn't get along. My mother was very angry all the time at my dad. And so there was a lot of chaos, a lot of anger and um, fighting in our house, mostly my mother um, screaming and yelling. We walked on eggshells there, so it wasn't uh, wasn't fun. The one thing that made my mother happy was when I was a baby um, or young, I was a very good eater. So uh, apparently I could suck down two bottles at a time, and there are pictures of me eating uh, spaghetti. Um, we were part Italian, and um, 
my brother and sister were nine and six years older than me, and they could not, they were not eaters at all. And it made my mother feel very inferior that she was a bad mother. I, however, came along and I was this champ of an eater and it made her smile and everybody laughed. They took pictures of me eating. And um, my sister and brother, when they came home from school, they would bring me candy because it made me happy. And uh, they even carried me around on a pillow. So I was a bit of a princess to them. Now, um, I don't know about my mother. She really wanted me to, and all of us, to, like I said, follow her script. And also, she wanted us to look up to her because she had a lack of self-esteem. Um, I used to pray for my mother all the time when I was a child. As I told you, I liked to pray before I went to bed. I made us pray at dinner time, and uh, they rolled their eyes at me. If I didn't say that already, I remember seeing people like, okay, we got to pray. Lisa says we got to pray. Um, but my, I would pray for my mother. There was a picture of her. She's very gorgeous. She looked like a movie star, I thought anyway. And when she would wear lipstick, oh, she was just beautiful. So um, there was a picture of her smiling. Now, that didn't happen a whole lot at our house, but there was a picture of her smiling, and um, I pinned it to the wall, and every night I kissed it before I went to bed. So um, out of fear, maybe, and, and I think kids really do love their parents. I really believe they love their parents. Um, and, and parents, as a parent, I didn't know how much my children loved me. Um, but I, I learned over the years, and I re had remembrances of ch things my children said and did that showed how much they loved me and depended on me. But um, I made my mother an idol. Um, so she was my God. I was afraid not to love her. And um, uh, it was very sad. She had a problem with uh, depression, and so did my father. My mother, however, in her anger, she would threaten suicide. Um, it was very scary. She would say that she was going down the basement to do wash, and then she was contemplating suicide while she was down there. And um, if she didn't come up for a while, don't go down there. Just call the police because it wasn't going to be good. Um, so many of you may uh, relate to parents that had mental health problems. And um, it, it's very sad that, um, that we um, have to have children live with that. And, um, you know, it, it even talks about it in the big book. So um, I, I'm on page 58 and how it works. And I think this is something that um, my parents didn't know because they didn't have a program. But I am blessed to know. And it says on page 58, how it works, chapter 5, if you want to join me there. It says, those who do not recover are people who cannot or will not completely give themselves to this simple program. Usually men and women who are constitutionally incapable of being honest with themselves. There are such unfortunate, they are not at fault. They seem to have been born this way. They are naturally incapable of grasping and developing a manner of living which demands rigorous honesty. Their chances are less than average. There are those, too, who suffer from grave emotional and mental disorders, and I believe my parents 
suffered. And uh, at that, you know, when I was younger, the things they did bothered me, hurt me, made me angry, caused me resentment, fear, whatever. But because of this program, I don't have to look at them that way anymore. I can look at them with compassion um, because it says many of them do recover if they have the capacity to be honest. And I couldn't be honest. I couldn't, not until I had this program. So I'm, again, I'm a grateful compulsive overeater because I have a program that shows me step-by-step how to do this. Um, And it says at the bottom, it says, we beg of you to be fearless and thorough from the very start. So if you're a newcomer, the reason this big book begs you is because, you know what, we know what the consequences are. They're miserable. I lived in misery until I was 46 years old when I came to this program. That's a long time to live in misery. So if you're young, wow, you are so ahead of the and I, I just am so happy for at any age that you come to this program. Don't think you're too old or too young. You're just where you're supposed to be. And remember that we deal with food. That's what it says at the bottom of 58. Cunning, baffling, powerful. Well, I didn't know food was cunning, baffling, powerful. When I was a kid, I thought it was fun. I thought it was good. I thought it made me feel better. Um, It says, without help, though, um, it is too much for us. And um, that was true. I didn't have help. My mother tried. She went to Weight Watchers. She went to a pay-on-way, essentially, and got uh, some kind of a, a, a diet for me when I was a child in grade school. And um, she had me drinking broth and um, not eating very much at lunch. I got a half a sandwich. Uh, there weren't very little fats in my diet uh, that she saw, but when I was alone, that's when I ate. Um, I put lots of honey on my cereal in the morning when nobody was looking, and when I got home from school, after the stress of school, being teased because I was a fat kid, um, I would um, eat um, lots of food, protein. I ate a lot of protein um, and carbs. Uh, one time, I'll give you a little story. One time, I was playing with my friends, and my mother had canned a jar, jars of pickles, and I loved them. And I didn't realize how many I had eaten because I was very unconscious as an eater. And <clears throat> and uh, she called me home, and I thought, that was strange. It was awfully early. She called me home, and she said, you ate all the pickles. And I said, no, I didn't, because I really didn't think I did. Yes, you did. Look at this jar. And she said, you ate them. She said, you ate all these pickles today, and then you ate dinner. And uh, I said, no, Mom, I really didn't. Well, I got the belt because I lied. And and in a sense, I I did lie because I was lying to myself. I really didn't realize that I had eaten that much. And and so that's a, a story that I, I can share with you. Um, my mother did um, give the belt to my brother and sister as well. That was a very that was almost harder than getting it myself because it was hard to hear them cry and scream. Um, so, not to go on too much about that, but you know that that was one of those things in the in the program 
why should I pray for her, right? That goes on. Um, one of those things I had to do that saved me. Um, so anyway, um, not only do I love reading that um, this program, it says that there is, um, I got a little sidetracked, I'm sorry, but there is one who has all power. That one is God. May you find him now. And may you pray. May you come to pray because it says that too. Um, I can't remember what page that is, but um, it talks about, it's at the end of, I think, Bill's story. And it says, um, may you come to pray because that is what saves us, my friends. Um, and uh, let's see, now I want to go on and tell you a little bit more about my childhood and how, um, like I said, I was teased in school. Probably a lot of us were. There was uh, the times each year that we got weighed, and um, this is back in the 60s, so they don't do this anymore, I'm sure. But um, uh, back in the 60s, they would line us up, and they would, the nurse or whoever it was, would take our weight and Somebody would write it down, but they, the person would say, okay, Lisa weighs 100 pounds, and I was like in fourth or fifth grade, and um, all of a sudden, everybody heard it, and it was like, you know that, how you pass things out, Lisa weighs 100 pounds, Lisa weighs 100 pounds, oh, Lisa weighs 100 pounds. I was so humiliated. It was terrible, and, um, and I happened to be a pear shape my whole life, because that's how God made me, and um, so uh, that the shape of my body was often the um, what they made fun of too, um, <laughs> and I couldn't help that. I, I maybe my mother thought that I could help what I ate um, and be a smaller size, but she also thought that I should be a different shape. Um, she was embarrassed. My mother again, uh, she felt like it was her fault that I was the weight I was. And who knows? I mean, like I said, my, my grandmother was, uh, she was actually the same shape, but she was just obese. And um, so, you know, we're not, um, we're not trying to do anything. I mean, we're just made the way we're made, right? I don't know where I got this disease. I really don't and why I have it. But like I said, I'm grateful to be a compulsive overeater today. Not, not then, but now I am. Um, my brother made fun of me. The kids at school made fun of me. Uh, when I went to middle school and I was, my body was changing, um, uh, you know, you got a porch with that swing, um, got, uh, what else did they say? Oh, there was the birth of butt song. There was all kinds of stuff, right? So I came home and I was pretty, pretty uh, sad. I, I was not a happy person because I got teased so much. And you know what? Kids all get teased today. I know that. I had children of my own. They all get teased. I remember a teacher saying to me, why don't you ever smile, Lisa? And um, I didn't know the answer to that. I didn't know that I wasn't smiling. Uh, the one thing that made me smile was music. And that really helped me a lot. I love to sing. I love to dance. But I also was very reclusive. So I would go in my bedroom and shut the door and I would sing and dance. And um, <laughs> that's where I got some joy and happiness. And I like to sing in church because I was a churchy person. Um, <laughs> I don't want to say religious. I, I really felt God in my life. Um, but I felt the, the desire to sing uh, religious music. I liked singing church songs. And I sang in the choir through high school. And even when I went to college my first year after I graduated, 
By the way, in high school, I was very thin. So somehow, I don't know if it was physical activity or, or what it was. Maybe I was less stressed. I don't know. But um, I got quite slim. I, there are pictures of me. So I went, I could swing from both, both angles. When I graduated from high school, I went to college, a local college, to uh, save money, and um, and I was uh, slim there. I was I seemed to feel like I was on a new adventure and happy, um, but uh, tragedy hit our family. One night, I was sitting on the uh, floor in the kitchen and I was petting my dog, and um, my dad walked past me uh, on his way to the bathroom and. He, uh, I said, I was sitting there and I heard this voice say, tell him you love him. It was like an urgent voice. And I, I thought that was strange. So I said, dad, you know, I love you, right? And, you know, we weren't really allowed to love my dad because my mom was so angry at him. And he said, yeah. And I don't know if he meant, yeah, I know, or yeah, right. So... Um, a couple hours later, um, my dad had a heart attack and he passed away. And I thank God for that because I really believe that was God telling me, do this and um, and you'll at least have some memory that you did something that was um, for yourself, right? For me. Um, and maybe for my dad, hopefully for my dad too. So um, I went away to college after that year. It was very hard to be in school. Concentrating was not ever my strong suit. I was a, never a good student. I, I'm sure it was some of it was just hung over on sweets or food or whatever, because I was always um, overeating and often sweets. So I went to college. I uh, didn't do well in college. Um, went to had to go to another college. I was going for nursing. My mother really wanted me to be a nurse, and um, glad she did. Glad I became a nurse, but um, that was her push. And so I went to another college. Met a friend. She was like me. We loved to eat together. We were had uh, eating parties. Um, so of course I got a little chubby, and then I'd go back and I'd pull it back and I'd lose weight and back and forth my whole life with that. And that's a lot of suffering, quite honestly. You know, uh, you're either really hard on yourself and saying, I'm not going to eat, I'm not going to eat. Or you're eating and you say, I shouldn't be doing this, I shouldn't be doing this. Um, <laughs> so anyway, I had my struggles in college, but I did finally graduate from nursing school. And um, I, um, I, um, wanted so badly to have a boyfriend. I had never really dated much. And the boys that I did date never followed my script. And there I was with my mom. Um, so I ended up, um, when I was working, I ended up um, taking care of these people in the hospital. They knew my mother. They had a son. And between the two mothers, they put us together. And I had a blind date. And that man is my husband for 34 years. And that is also by God's grace and mercy because I put him through a lot. And my mother put him through a lot. So um, God really helped us. And um, I remember somebody telling me, um, actually it was a psychic, and I don't know if that's outside. Um, I'm not supposed to talk about that, but that was my experience. I went to psychics because I was constantly looking for the reason that I was overweight. and um, 
she told me to pray for my marriage. And that is something I have done ever since. And I'm so grateful that I have. And my husband and I pray together now. And um, it's really strengthened our marriage. Um, so anyway, um, yeah, I, I got married and um, got a part-time job while my hus- husband finished school. Then we moved. And I tried to find work as a nurse, but uh, none of it appealed to me. I didn't really like working, quite honestly. It was very hard for me to be with people. And my husband seemed to understand that. Um, It was stressful. And um, soon after that, um, I saw my sister-in-law. And she had um, a beautiful little baby, a little boy. And he smiled at me, and that baby bug bit me. And I wanted a baby, too. Oh, and I forgot to tell you that. I I wrote this down, but I forgot to tell you. After my wedding, by the way, I was very slender uh, for my wedding. I thought I was heavy. My mother told me that, um, uh, my aunt told her that I was too big in the butt. And again, you know, Kim Kardashian was not a thing back then. I wish she would have been, but (laughs) I was very humiliated. Um, So... um, (laughs) But I look back at pictures, and if you saw them, you would say that I was um, either slender or a normal weight. Um, Most people did, my sister, everybody I knew. It doesn't matter, though, does it really? Okay. So anyway, I went on my honeymoon, and guess what? I gained eight pounds because I was relaxing. I was eating, drinking. I was, it was over. I could relax now. And I gained and I gained. And my poor husband, he didn't know that was going to happen. So anyway, um, I got pregnant and uh, my first child, and um, I wasn't working. I was home. I was alone a lot, and my husband was working a lot, so he was gone. I did join a church, and I did join a choir, so that was, again, something that saved me. Um, But I gained 80 pounds at that pregnancy, and then um, I lost it. I went to another pain way. I lost it, but I couldn't keep that off. Gained um, or had another baby or got pregnant again, gained 65 pounds that time, was able to lose about half, and I did another pain way. And um, then I was paying attention, I guess, because I got pregnant soon after that. I had uh, three little boys under five years, and I gained 65 pounds, and that time I could not lose a pound. After that baby, I could not lose a pound. So. struggled with that. But um, after the second baby, my mother, who did not live in the same town, and my sister decided that it would be a good idea for her to move um, to the same city where my sister and I lived. And that was something that terrified me because I knew she didn't like my husband. She didn't like him from the beginning. And even though they put us, the two mothers put us together, she decided she didn't like him. And um, and so I was terrified that um, she was going to be living where I was living. And she did make things very difficult. Um, and she didn't follow my script. Um, so this is where it gets really uh, disturbing because um, because my mother didn't like my husband. She lived in another, t- another place. She uh, lived in a condo. My husband um, was a very kind man, and he gave her money because she was a widow. She didn't have much money. She lived on Social Security, and um, he did help her financially. And um, But she was, she was sure that my husband 
was sinister where our children were, were concerned and that he was molesting them. And I would tell her that he wasn't harmful to them. He wasn't mean. He wasn't. And she would tell me that I was naive. I wasn't as wise as her because she had had a terrible life and I had had a good life. And so I was I was naive and she knew what was going on in, our, in my home and I was letting it happen. And um, that was just, it was terrible. And I think that's when I really started seeking um, after somebody tell me what's going on, tell me what to do. And I was praying, um, but not enough um, because I, I hadn't started praying until after she moved. Um, it was a terrible time for our family. We did an intervention for my mother because she was so, um, she was having so many problems and she would come to our house and she would yell at me. And I remember one time, the little boy that, um, my first child, um, the little boy that I thought was uh, naughty. And one time I slapped him because of course I learned things from my mother. Um, and, um, <laughs> you know, I have regrets about that, but I also realized that I was sick and I didn't know what I didn't know. So um, my little boy said to me, said to her one time, you stop yelling at my mother. You be nice to her. Four years old. Here I am uh, trembling, 235-pound, 35-year-old woman standing there trembling. And um, that was so dysfunctional, right? But anyway, um, I went to a psychic. Psychic um, said to me, why don't you go to Overeaters Anonymous? And I'm not kidding. That's what I heard from a psychic. I knew about Overeaters Anonymous once because um, my brother's girlfriend went there and she was heavy and she was smiling when she was talking about how much she loved it and I thought she was wacko. Um, but anyway, um, I was so insulted when the psychic told me that I should go there. Um, it wasn't long after that my mother ended up moving. She had said that she was going to kill my husband. I had gotten some therapy. Um, and I told the therapist, and he said, yeah, you know, let the police know. I mean, I had to ask a therapist, should I call the police? Because my mother's threatening to kill my husband. So anyway, um, so I just, I don't even know how much time I have. I better pay attention here. So <laughs> anyway, I um, I told my, my husband, found out, and um, he was very sad because I had never told him anything about my mother not liking him. I had kept it in, pushed it down with food. Um, my sister and I both knew, um, I told her at least, and um, he said he wasn't going to, of course, support her anymore. And my sister told her she'd have to move back. So she did. And the, the God speaks to me in songs. The day she moved, and I'm sure you know this song, it was, um, I can see clearly now the rain is gone. <laughs> and I'm laughing because my singing is bad in the morning. I'm sorry to do that to you. But I felt like wow, that song, I felt God was saying, it's over. You, you, you're going to go on now. But, you know, it was strange not having that abusive person in my life. I had gotten used to that. <laughs> it was really strange. I felt like I had been... I, I didn't know what to do now. And um, so thank goodness for this program because um, I've heard on a radio that 
some kind of, um, if you're having struggles with food and you need help, call Overeaters Anonymous. So there it was again. That was the third time I'd heard about Overeaters Anonymous. So I thought, all right, I'm going to do it. Well, you know, sometimes I think I was going to do it and then I didn't. It took me, I don't know how many times to call somebody. I called several contact people and asked them, okay, where are the different locations? Okay, what time do they meet? And I was still in the food, so I couldn't keep anything in my head. Um, <laughs> uh, so finally, I don't know, um, I guess it's been, I don't even know how many years ago it was. Uh, it was before 2012. I went and, oh my goodness, it was so, it was so not to my liking. I went there and I sat and I listened to people talk and I thought, I'm so much more spiritual than you. I pray all the time and I'm, you know, I know about this and that. I know about all these things and I study this and that. I just thought I knew so much more. And then two people at this meeting, at the middle of the meeting, they said, does anybody want to take the newcomer? And I was the newcomer. And two people agreed to do it, a man and a woman. And they took me to the cafeteria for this meeting, and they told me their stories. And they said, would you like to share, you know, a little bit about you? And I just broke down crying because I knew that I was like them. And I told them a little bit, and, but I couldn't stop crying. And they were so lovely. And they are still lovely. And I see them at local meetings, and I'm so blessed when I do. And they're just special people. I, if they're listening, they know who they are. Um, anyway, uh, so I, I went to the meetings periodically. I didn't do it. I had all kinds of excuses. I was tired. I was busy. I had to be home for the kids. They didn't get their schoolwork done unless I was there, blah, blah, blah. So it took me two years to suffer back and forth, kind of listening, kind of not. And then I had this gift of desperation. I don't know where it came from. It must have been God. (laughs) But I felt like all of a sudden, if I didn't get help, this was going to be, I wasn't going to ever get help. And I heard somebody talk, and um, I knew that I wanted what she had. And she was very strict with me, and I needed somebody strict because I never wanted anybody. I had enough strict growing up. And so I wanted to get away with it as much as I could my whole life. And, um, and that, you know, that doesn't work. That went against me. But anyway, she, for 30 days, made me call her every morning and tell her if I was eating sugar or not. It was just sugar. And we only worked out of the 12 and 12, the OA 12 and 12. I didn't have any access. Um, I didn't have a big book. And I remember there was a reading out of the big book, one of the readings. She said, I told her, I said, I don't have that book. And she said, oh, that's okay. She said, just go on to the next question. <laughs> and so, uh, which is fine. I mean, at the end of 30 days, I wasn't thinking about food. That was the biggest gift. I wasn't thinking about food 24-7, where I was going to get it, how I was going to get it. And I was like floored. I was amazed. And I kept going. And I did my fourth step. And I realized, oh, you know, I had done a lot of writing before. I'd written a a lot of, like, memoirs of my my life. And that helped me a lot. I didn't realize how much 
help me. But then it's in a way I learned that too. And a great tool for me. And um, so anyway, um, I kept going and I did that fourth step and I cried during the fourth step and went on and on. And then just, I, I don't know what happened, but by the 10th step, which is my favorite step now, and the one that helps me so much every single day, I, I learned from my sponsor, just say, pray for them, or, and then say, God, bless them, change me. And it didn't seem like I got any more. And I didn't have the big book, and I didn't have it until a long time. But I did lose weight. I lost 80 pounds. And I, I helped people. I did the best I could with what I knew. And um, I tried to sponsor people. My sponsor left the program. And she said, I can still be your sponsor if you want. And I said, well, no, because you're not in the program. I don't want to make you do that. Well, she got mad at me for that. I, I don't know why. I just didn't understand, I guess. And... Um, so she left, and I didn't have a sponsor, so I thought I should sponsor myself because I was thin. I had lost weight. I got back to a good size. And, of course, that's not how we work the program. I need a sponsor today. I know that. And I did get another sponsor, somebody who offered to sponsor me, and um, thank goodness they did. And that person was amazing. That's the person that told me about Vision for You. That's the person that was a big book thumper. And that's where things really begin to change for me. I remember, um, this just popped into my head, so I'll say it. I remember um, after I lost the weight, my son, who had also gotten very heavy, um, he struggled with his weight, my oldest son. Um, he saw me, we were going to meet for lunch. He was coming home from college, and he um saw me standing outside the restaurant and he didn't recognize me. And he said, Mom, I almost drove past you. And uh, it inspired him. And today he is um, doesn't do the program, but he does do, and my, my second boy had struggles with weight too. They both um, take care of themselves very well. My uh, middle boy weighs and measures his food because um, he knows he has struggles. And uh, and they both know I work a spiritual program. I'm very open with my family about that. Um, but, um, and, and really, I'm kind of open about that with many people because I want to help whoever I can help. But back to this, getting to the big book and to Vision for You. Um, it was amazing to hear Vision for You and to hear what was in the big book at this meeting. And I loved it. And it changed so much for me. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think where else I wanted to read from you out of the book. Um, but where I really learned about my mother and how to get rid of that pain that kept coming back was from the 10th step. And that was, um, you know, uh, the 10th step train and um, hearing you guys talk about the 10th step and reading about it and realizing that um, there was there were prayers that I could say that would help me get rid of that feeling against my mother. Now, I did say prayers for her, and she tried to keep in touch with us. She wanted to keep in touch with my children, but I had been advised um, by fellows 
by my sponsor, don't get involved with her again because, you know, she's really ill, but pray for her. So, but the prayers that I was saying were just my prayers, which were fine, but the prayers in the 10th step, they seem to be very powerful. And um, when I did that, when I learned how to do a 10th step, it, it was very hard because the first time I thought I was doing it the correct way or the way that would help me best, and somebody started to say, okay, well, wait a minute now. What about this? And, and I got very confused. And so now I learned, too, that I don't interrupt somebody when they're giving a 10th step um, to say a prayer. I let them do their thing um, unless they're going on, like, double 19, 19 words. Um, and then I try to bring them back to a prayer. But um, it was really powerful. And I'm not on the 10-step train anymore, but I use that those chats so that I can do a 10 step as quickly as possible. And they're just amazing. If you're a newcomer, um, keep those in the back of your um, mind to hop on. If, um, it, it'll help you a lot to get rid of those resentments quickly. So anyway, um, that 10 step changed my whole life. 10 step train. And, um, so I'm going to go to um, go to this. I wanted to read to you too. Um, I'm getting a little bit sidetracked now. I wanted to read to you about upon awakening in the morning. I didn't know about this, um, but I did pray for years. I mean years in the morning. I'd go outside and pray. Um, I, like I said, I was singing, and I believe singing is like prayer. It can be. Unless you're singing like Linda Ronstadt, because I love Linda Ronstadt songs too. That's not a prayer exactly. Um, but anyway, if if you go to page um, 86, um, in the proper attitude, what did I want? Okay, it's on the bottom of 86. Here we ask God for inspiration, an intuitive thought or a decision. That's not the tenth step, but It's something I wanted to talk to you about. It's the constant word ask throughout the big book. Ask, ask. Ask God for inspiration, an intuitive thought or a decision. And and, um, it goes on. I mean, it's it's still saying we ask God for, um, especially for freedom from self-will. We may ask for ourselves if it's to help other people. So, I mean... I ask for myself not to be in the food. I ask my, you know, for my my thinking to be taken care of, to be helped, because I know that if I'm in the food, I'm going to make my husband and my kids miserable. I'm going to make my, I'm not going to have friends. I, I mean, if I'm in the food, I'm in trouble. So I better ask for myself. Hey, God, I need help with that today. I can't do it. I don't know how to do it. You do. So, you know, what I did learn from my first sponsor was first three steps that you you ask God. You say, God, I I can't do this. You can do it for me. And I know that sounds a little bit sassy maybe, but it really is. It's it's really helped me. And I know that I've got five minutes left now, so thank you. Um, 
But anyway, um, let's see. Now I want to go over to that 10th step. And I loved finding out, wow, who I was in that 10th step. I found that out more than the fourth step because the fourth step, I still had those resentments. And I, I did find out who I was, but it was those prayers that helped me. And that's why I wanted to tell my friend about praying because, you know, when I ask God, God, I offer myself to thee to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self. Take away my difficulties that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, thy way of life. Me, I do thy will always. I'm asking for myself. But that's going to help other people. And that's what I needed to do. I needed the 10th step to realize I can't help other people unless I am really, unless, unless I'm really prayed up, really clean, fit spiritual condition. And, um, and then I'm, I, and then that seventh, oh, the resentment prayer, of course. Resentment prayer is so powerful, isn't it? Take away that resentment, I feel, Lord. Take that away and help me to show that person tolerance, pity, and patience that I would cheerfully grant a sick friend. Do you remember? I said I was sick. I said my parents were sick. Yeah, I'm, I'm sick, so I might, they might be trying to develop spiritually just like I am. So save me, God, from anger and retaliation because it makes a mess. Doesn't anger and retaliation make a mess right now in our world? We can see it on the news. Um, Let there be peace on earth, right? Let it begin with me. I've heard that song many times. Um, And, you know, um, and then that seventh step prayer, so powerful. And and these are all the prayers that I say with when I do a 10th step. That seventh step prayer, my creator, I'm now willing for you to have all of me, good and bad. I now pray that you remove every single defect of character which stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows. Grant me strength as I go out from here to do your bidding. Thy will, not mine, be done. I'm praying for myself again, but I'm praying for myself so that I can help others. And that is that's the whole aim. That's what my higher power wants me to do. And I really hope that I, I helped you all today in some way. I hope I said something that was helpful because I believe that God wants all of you to be helped. I really believe you have a higher power. And that higher power wants you to be well, whole, happy, joyous, and free. and um, and to be brave. Do this. You have to be brave to do this program. I know. It takes a lot of courage. It takes um, a lot of energy. But if you have the little bit of willingness, that's one thing that we are asked. Just be willing. God can do so much with that. So um, I, am I done? <laughs> Mel, is that okay I with you? I think that sounds great. You betcha. Absolutely. Absolutely. Very thorough, wonderful presentation this morning. Quite detailed and quite vulnerable of you to be able to share those very specific things this morning with us. Lots to learn from, lots to consider and to go over again. Thank you. Thank you very much, Lisa. That's Lisa Ann from Wisconsin. 
like to have her contact information, please stay tuned to the end of the meeting, and we'll grab that up from her at that particular point. So don't go anywhere until the top of the hour. The share ID number for today, Sunday, October 15th, 2023, is 20745, 20,745. Okay, the lines are now open for questions. If you have a question for Lisa, please unmute your phone by pressing star 1 on your phone keypad. Offer your first name, the first letter of your last name, and perhaps your stage. Immediately upon asking a question, please press star 1 again to unmute your line. I'll take a look at this morning. Who would like to... I'm sorry, I'm not hearing that. There's some crackling on the line here this morning, and it's interrupting my... Hearing, I think, a little bit. But your first name, first letter of your last name? Brenda A., New York. Brenda A., gotcha. Thank you. Leah S. Leah S., New York. Anyone else with a question? Michelle G.? Okay, let's go with those three now and see if that does bring about any other questions for anyone else. Anyone else, everyone else, please press star one on your phone keypad if you just now unmuted. We have Brenda A, Leah S, and Michelle G. Brenda, star one for your question for Lisa. Thank you all for your service. This is Brenda A in New York, by the grace of God, recovering one day at a time. Um, I, I practice, I practice 10 steps, I pray, I meditate. And my question is how I resent terrorists worldwide. And I've been praying for them with great difficulty. And I pray to love and understand them as they are sick as I am. But I'm having difficulty. And I'd like to know how you, Lisa, pray for people who are unkind and unjust. Thank you. Well, you are so welcome, and thank you for your question. And um, it's, it is so sad right now what we are hearing in the news. It is, it's so disturbing. And so I, I'm sorry that you're feeling that as well, that... that um, anger toward them and resentment. Um, So it says again on page 552, if you will ask in prayer for everything you want for yourself. So Brenda, what do you want for yourself? Can you make a list of that? That's, That's what I would do. I would make a list of all the things I want for myself in a day. And then I would, um, and then I would pray for those things, as the big book says, um, ask for their health, their prosperity, their happiness. And um, probably, you know, I, if, if you have anger towards somebody um, who's angry, um, they probably don't want to be angry. I, I don't think people want to be angry because it's not a good feeling. Um, they may do it. I know I don't think my mother wanted to be abusive. I don't think she wanted to be angry. I have a lot of compassion or sympathy, rather, for my parents now because I don't think they wanted to live the lives they did. I know I didn't. And so I would pray, as it says, for 
every day or every moment that you feel that way for two weeks and really make it like a make a, a time for it um, not only not only one time but like I said if it if it keeps popping up and then do the do the tenth step for sure with somebody else and God that is that is what I would say and um, it says it says where you feel you used to feel bitterness and resentment and hatred you now feel compassionate understanding and love for those people um, that that right now it's hard to love that is that is what um, the big book recommends and that's what I do so I hope thank that you helps. very much mm. yes thank you very much Brenda A for your question this morning an important one thanks Lisa next up for the question this morning would be Leah S from New York followed by Michelle Thank you very much, Leslie. Oh, my God. Thank you, uh, Melanie, as always. Uh, Leah S. from Brooklyn, New York. I am interested in the relationship that you have today with your mom. Would you tell me a little bit about it? Well, my mom has passed. Um, She died a few years ago. And unfortunately, I wasn't recovered um, the way I'm recovered today, I did get a big book sponsor after the sponsor that I talked about. I got a big book sponsor, and I didn't get to that point. I kind of got sidetracked, but she took me through the steps in a different way. And um, so what I did is um, I wrote a letter to my mother, and then I also wrote all the things that she had done for me. She saw to it that I had clean clothes. She saw to it that I had um, exposure to church. She didn't care to go herself, but um, I saw to it that, or she saw to it that I had a college education, music lessons. My mother did a lot of good things for me. And because I was so angry at the things that I didn't think she should have done, I couldn't accept my reality. Um, I I really was blocked from seeing the good. And so um, that relationship with her now is um, is peace, compassion I have for somebody that was a child that had been abused. Um, you know, I look at that and I say, this is a sad thing. Um, so uh, I wish that I could have had a relationship with her, and probably if I would have been more recovered, I, I don't know. It, it happened the way it happened, um, but yeah. But I, um, I feel like um, I've still been blessed, and I, and I prayed for her. Um, not the quite, not quite the way that I'm talking about. I pray now, but I did pray for her, um, and I hope those prayers helped. I believe God did help my mother. So uh, she she really was um, angry and sick where my husband was concerned, and um, it just it wasn't helpful for me to be around that. Did Thank that you answer very your much, question? Leah. Sorry. We'll take that as yes. <laughs> okay. Thank you, A.S., for your question this morning. And let's move on then to Michelle G. with a question for you. 
Hey, Michelle, star one, please. Hi, good morning. Thank you for your service this morning, both of you. Um, this is Michelle G. from Massachusetts, and um, my question goes back to the beginning of your share when you were speaking about um, praying for your eating disorder or your compulsive eating like you would do for your resentment for two weeks and asking for um, what you want for yourself or that other person, um, but doing it for your eating disorder. And I'm just curious how you did that and did give an example of how one would do that. That's my question. Well, it was just something that I kind of, uh, thank you for your question, Michelle. Um, so it was just something that I kind of thought about the other day, and I thought about all these prayers that we pray, and, you know, especially in the 10th step, the third step prayer, the uh, resentment prayer, the the seventh step prayer, they all help me, um, you know, release that anger. So, like, I'm a... Before I do a 10th step, I'm like a balloon ready to pop. And I've got all this heat in me and I'm ready to pop. And then as soon as I say a prayer, even if it's the, the third step prayer, I feel the air coming out of that balloon. I'm, <laughs> it's decompressing me. I'm, I'm, I'm not as tight and angry. I, I'm feeling it come down. And maybe other people can relate to that. As soon as you start praying, it's like, Oh God, I see where I'm wrong. I see that I need to calm down, whatever. But as far as that specific thing goes, I think to myself, well, it's a, it's a situation. I'm resentful that I have this disease. Who am I resentful at? Is it God? Maybe it's God that I'm resentful at that I have this. Why do I have to have this? And um, and I've talked to God about that years ago. Um, but you know what I realized? Like I said, now I'm I'm a grateful compulsive overeater because so many things have changed in my life, and it's not because of me. It's because of my well, it's because of my willingness. That's the tiny bit I feel, and God does the rest. That's how I I see it. But um, yeah, I you know. I guess if you wanted to, you could say you were like me. I, I was angry at God for having this disease. I didn't want it. I didn't like being teased. I didn't like suffering. Um, I didn't like the mental torture, the the torture that we have thinking about food all the time or thinking about heat or whatever. I I feel like, yeah, why not say, you know, God, Take the resentment I have even toward you or toward this disease because maybe I'm seeing something here that I, sh- that I don't see that, you know, is good. There's something good here. And maybe I can have compassion toward myself, understanding toward you and more love for myself and you. I, I don't know. Does that help? I keep asking people, and I think they, they that's okay. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks. All right. You're welcome. Thank you, Michelle, for your question this morning. Yeah, they'll typically uh, mute themselves again in order to be able to have a nice, quiet line. So um, the lines are now open, though, for additional 
Looks Sally like A. 10, 10, 12 min, minutes. Okay, Sally A. Thank you. Joanne L. Joanne L. Anyone else? Linda R. The question. Linda, Linda R. R. Karen K. Somebody G. What, who was that? Mary. Yvonne. <clears throat> Mary. Mary. Um, Mary G. Is that what you said? And I did yeah. hear Karen K. Yvonne H. And Yvonne H. Let's stop there. We're going to make sure that we get these questions in before the end of the time. We may not get to all of you, but we will give it our level best. First up will be Sally A. followed by Joanne L. Hey, Sally, good morning. Good morning, Melanie. Thank you for that fabulous intro this morning that was also very powerful. Um, my question, Lisa, and I thank you, too, for um, just your heartfelt, deli- your heartfelt delivery of of this uh, material, which is, you know, it's probably the toughest part for me in the program. Um, and uh, my question to you is, what about when you finish doing all this work and you walk away and you are holding on to this? You, you having a hard time letting go of this resentment. Um, and to be honest with you, you know, you feel compelled to do a, over and over and over another 10th step, you know, day after day, because you don't really feel like it's resolved. Um, I don't know if you've ever had this experience, but I would love to hear, uh, you know, is this just me? Is this just um, my ruminating, my perseverance? Uh, You know, is this me sick? Thank you. That's my question. Sure. And thank you, Sally. That was a great question. And you know what? It isn't just you. It's me, too. I don't know about everybody else here, but it is definitely me. I've had that experience. And I had it with a friend of my husband's and my husband's uncle because I was so angry at how they were making my husband do things that I didn't want my husband to do. <laughs> and um, I will tell you that I have love for both of those men now, but I want to tell you, I did four steps. I did so many four steps, and finally, I was just so exhausted from it. On my knees, I said, take this, God. I don't want it anymore. I really mean it. Just take it. And, And I could feel it being lifted. I think, I think when you are sincerely uh, and I'm not saying that you're not sincere, so don't don't misinterpret that. But when you're so miserable to be that you can't get rid of that, that finally you say it's just like a food, right? I was so miserable with it. I said I'll do anything. I hold up my hands. I, I somebody said take a they take a tissue and they wave it near. I surrender. When you're really really miserable with it. That's when it worked for me. And the last time I went up north, one of the things I was angry about is that I always had to prepare food for this uncle that my husband just loved. He's in his 80s. And I was like, it's expensive. I'm telling, I'm on my feet all day, blah, blah, blah. Feeling sorry for myself. Lots of self-pity. I've, I've lived a, a life fighting the self-pity defect. But this was, um, this was, an explosion for me. I sat at the table last weekend when I went up north and I had cooked food for them. 
and my husband's uncle is saying how delicious my food is. And I looked at him like a little boy, like somebody made him food and he was so happy. And I just loved him. I loved him. I just thought, my God, he's my family now. So I hope that helps you. And I hope that whatever it is that's bothering you, you just say to God, I don't want this anymore. It's making me miserable. You deserve happiness. You deserve to be recovered and, and happy to help others. And you don't, you don't deserve that. Your disease, is pun- your disease is picking on you. So Sally, I hope you get better. <laughs> Thank you very much, Sally A. From New York for your question this morning. Joanne Elm, up next. Star one, please, with your question. This is Joanne L. from Ohio. Um, thank you both for your service and what a wonderful message. A couple of times you um, referred to 19 words or less. I guess I'm wondering if you could give a little more background of where where you heard that or why you apply that. Um, and thank you again. I pass. Lisa, press star one. Lisa, press star one, please. Uh, can you hear me now? Joanne, we did hear your question. We were waiting for Lisa to press star one. Hi there. I don't know what happened. <laughs> I, I, I wasn't touching to my phone, I swear it. Yeah, I wasn't touching mm-hmm. my phone. Um, yes, That's I'm fine. so sorry. And that was a great question. So thank you very much for that. Um, then it, it refers to how I was taught to do a 10th step on the 10th step train. And they ask that um, you do, uh, when you're saying what you're resentful for, instead of giving the, giving a lot of backstory, you just get to the point of it. And that would be like, you know, when we, when we, um, uh, do that uh, for it's also like for for the fourth step um, uh, when we have um, uh, we're saying what our resentment is we're saying what it affects we don't want to go on and on with the backstory that's that's all that it is it's just like being mindful of you know um, uh, what you're resentful at and like on page 65 it says I'm resentful at Mr. Brown and the cause the cause his attention to my wife, pull my wife of mistress. Brown may get my job at the office. You know, it's brief, right? It's not, and you know what else they did? And then, you know, you know how you can kind of go on. I, hey, I've done it, been there, done that. So um, that's all that refers to, though. Thank you for your question. Thank you, Joanne L., for your question. Linda R., up next with your question. Thank you. Hi, Linda R., recovered in Port St. Lucie, and thank you so much for your service and a beautiful qualification today and step study. Anyway, I wanted to ask you, you know, you talked about your mom being mentally ill and growing up in a family of mental illness. I related to that. I would like to know how you um, work with the post-traumatic stress, you know, as a result of growing up with mental illness, as far as from a a program standpoint, how do you um, clear that out when it does get triggered um, using the steps or the big book? Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. And I'm sorry that you had to go through that um, um, as a child. Um, I feel like um, I 
I don't look at my I'm, – I'm sure things do are triggered from that. Um, I feel like a higher power always is the answer uh, in prayer because I can't I can't get rid of those things, those triggers inside of me. And I kind of feel like that's my disease saying, you should go back there. You should go back there. Remember that. This is how you felt. This is like, you know, and, and um, I, I don't want to do that. Um, it's easy as a human being to go back to those pains. But I try to remember, somebody told me once that, you know, if you have a scar on your hand, um, if you touch it, it doesn't hurt anymore. You, but if you, you know, the injury, the initial injury was what was the pain. And so I try to remember that that's not anymore. Those um, those fears and those angers and those um, terrible times, um, those are those are sad things, but they're no more. They're a long time ago. Um, and I, maybe I don't always do it, and maybe I don't even recognize when I'm doing it, but I try to remember that that was something that I was given, something in my life that somehow was meant to happen. All the forces came together in, in some way and caused my mother to have mental illness, her father, whatever it was, and I was meant to experience that for some reason. And and maybe it's just to talk to all of you about it. I don't know. God always, in my opinion, uses whatever I've experienced for my good. So if something bad happens, I pray thank you for this experience because you're going to use it. If I, if something good comes along, I pray and thank you, God, for this experience. So I, I pray a lot. <laughs> thank you very much. Helps. Linda R. for your question this morning. Mary G., do you have a question for Lisa this morning? Mary G, are you still with us this morning? Oh, there you are. Yeah, I just had to unmute. This is Mary G in Rochester, New York. Um, Thank you, Lisa, and thank you, Melanie, both for your service today. And this question, like others, I have some really persistent resentments that I haven't found relief from the 10th step except for a little while, but they come back. And I have not used the prayer at the back of the big book that you we're focusing on 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 any of these three and so that's what what I'm going to do going forward but my question is would you how would you handle that would would you focus on one at a time would you pray for all three you know how would you how would you apply this prayer to a situation when you have more than one well I, I do use all three. Oh, thank you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I jumped right in now. Um, thank you, Mary, for your question. Um, I do use all three, and I use more prayers because I know, like, if I have something going on, I hate to say this because nobody likes this, and maybe it's not for you. Maybe it's just for me, but I know I'm the problem, even if they did something, because they, they may have. Um, I'm the problem if I'm uncomfortable. I'm the problem if I'm angry. It's me. I can't change them. 
I can only change me. So I pray with, you know, I pray for my, my, the third step. Yes, I say the third step prayer, the resentment prayer, the seventh step prayer until I'm, and I pray for them until I'm feeling better because the prayer is really, not really, yes, it can be for them. Absolutely. I want it to be for them eventually. (laughs) Maybe not at that moment, but it's really, it's about me. It's about getting well and not not being sick in, in anger. So yeah, I pray until, like I said, this uncle and this friend, oh my God, it was years. I'm not kidding you. So I hope it's not for your situation. Thank you very much, Mary G. Okay, okay. Thank you very much, Mary G. For from New York for your question this morning. And you know I'm looking at the time, and that probably should be our last question today for Lisa this morning. My apologies, Karen Kay and Yvonne, for not getting to your questions today. Um, if you would pay close attention and get Lisa Ann's telephone number, if not, call me, and then you might be able to ask your question uh, a little more privately, one-on-one with Lisa at another time. So my apologies again. I, I know this time sometimes just sneaks up on us. And again, Lisa, you offered so much of yourself this morning in, in your presentation and answering these questions more deeply for the individual. Very touching to be with you today and, and live with you these common things that we all have, these deeper places that we go with um, protecting our hearts by thinking resentment is going to fix that. Well, we have a better answer now. So it is time to close. And we will now close with our within our usual fashion by reading from page 164. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and we will, and you will surely meet some of us as we trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.